Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here, to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the show. Today I'm going to be sharing with you 20 tips to help you build lean muscle mass Now, these are easy, actionable steps that everybody can go and implement as soon as they finish listening to this podcast. And also, hang around for this week's social media question of the week, which has a lot to do with flexible dieting and tracking your calories. So, thank you so much for tuning in. As I said, make sure you hang around to the end of the show. Let's get stuck into the episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I've got 20 tips here that I want to share with you to help you build lean muscle mass. Now, these are going to help you build impressive size, and ideally, you should be doing every single one of them. And at the end of this episode, I'd love for you to go back through them and see how many you're actually doing, how many you're not doing, and uh, and make sure you implement straight away because it's all well and good to listen to these episodes and take in the information, but if you don't go and take action, then you may as well have not have even listened to the show. So let's get stuck into it with number one, and that is pretty that is progressively overload your weights in the gym. Now, what I mean by that is more weight, more reps, more sets, uh, slower tempo over time with the weights that you're doing in the gym. And that should be your sole focus regardless of whether you're trying to build muscle or lose body fat. You want to make sure that you're getting better over time because if you're not getting better, then that means you're staying stagnant and you're not doing anything. You're not making progress and the whole reason we go to the gym is to progress, is to improve our bodies, improve our minds, improve our health. So over time, just like anything else in life, we want to be making sure that we are progressing. Number two, eat in a calorie surplus. So we all know that to lose weight, we need to be in a calorie deficit. That means eating below our maintenance. And likewise, to gain weight, we need to be in a calorie surplus. So eating just above our maintenance, making sure that we've got plenty of energy, plenty of fuel and nutrients to be able to recover from our sessions, grow, kind of repair those muscles, go back in, have enough energy to train. So when you're eating in a calorie surplus, you're always going to notice that you've got a lot more energy to train, a lot more fuel to burn. And when you go into the gym, you can make sure that you're giving it your all, getting the most out of your session, and that's what's going to help you build muscle. And it's actually going to help with number one. It's going to help you progressively overload over time. Now, my recommendation for that surplus is anywhere between 100 and 500 calories above your maintenance level. Um, I would recommend starting at the lower end, so around 100 to 200. And if you find that you're not putting on weight, you're not gaining size or you feel like your strength is plateauing in the gym, then increase that to three to 400 and then eventually up to that 500 mark above your maintenance. And of course, over time as well, guys, you got to keep in mind that your metabolism will adapt. So you get that metabolic adaptation and you're going to have to increase it. Your maintenance calories is going to change. So that's why we want to make sure that we're regularly kind of checking in with someone or or with ourselves. We're keeping track of our progress and we're not just guessing. It's just like flexible dieting. We need to know our numbers. We need to know our stats so that when we do plateau, we've got got a good idea of what we need to do to kickstart that progress again, just as if we were trying to lose fat. Number three, supplement with five grams of creatine monohydrate every single day. Now, I've done kind of 
all different types of, uh, I guess, ways of using creatine in the past. Um, I've done loading phases where I've really loaded up for four to five days with roughly 20 grams a day. I've then gone into a maintenance phase for about a month or two where I'm taking in five to 10 grams a day and then I've cycled off it. In my opinion and in my experience, I don't think you need to cycle off creatine. I think you just need to make sure it's constant, keep it steady, um, five grams every single day, five grams is one serving, keep in mind. Um, and even on rest days, you should be taking in that five grams. When should you have it? I have it first thing in the morning and that's purely so I don't forget to take it later in the day. It's not one of those supplements like a pre-workout where if you have creatine before you train, you're going to feel this massive surge of energy and you're going to go into the gym and lift thousands of kilos. The whole point of using creatine is to, is to kind of bump up and, uh, and increase our, our PC stores. So um, I always find or I always, always tell clients that the first week, you're really just getting your creatine levels to a point where they're a little higher than normal. Once they're a little higher than normal, then from there we just maintain that. So that's what we're doing each day. We're just topping up our creatine every single day, five grams, uh, and then you've got nothing to worry about. So that is number three. Number four, sleep more. Uh, it's so underrated how important sleep is for fat loss, for muscle gain, for just health in general. So whatever you're doing now, try and sleep more um, unless you're someone that's getting a crazy amount of sleep every single night, which there's not many people uh, that are like that. But I know for myself uh, that I need to be sleeping a lot more and I do try and get more sleep. Um, I probably need to try a little bit harder, um, but the more sleep you can get, the better. Even if you've got downtime in the middle of the day or at some stage during the day and you want to have a nap, it all it all helps. It does all help. So uh, more sleep is number four. Number five, drink more water than you currently are. Regardless of how much you're drinking at the moment, guys, just increase that amount. Our bodies are made up of at least 70% water. So why not drink more? It's going to help with performance. It's going to help with sleep, energy levels throughout the day. Um, it's going to help you not hold as much water in your body if you're taking in a good amount of sodium and whatnot. So guys, just drink more water. Number six, foam roll for 10 to 15 minutes every single day. This is just going to help keep your muscles nice and healthy, keep the fascia nice and, and loose around the muscle that's surrounding the muscle so you can actually keep your full range of movement on exercises and, and make sure that you're giving yourself every opportunity to build muscle and to get stronger in the gym. Um, it's also just going to make you feel better, guys, help promote some blood flow before your session and just make you feel not as tight. So that's a really big one for me, something that I've implemented over the last kind of two to three years years and I can honestly say it does make a big difference. Number seven, improve your mobility. Now this kind of just pairs in with number six really but there is a little more to it. I'd like to recommend giving Pilates a try if you haven't done it already or even some yoga and stuff like that but as well as your foam rolling, focus on mobility. Uh, the hips is a big one and also through the, the front of your chest, well through your chest sorry, so through pec minor and shoulders. Um, I think hips is probably the most problematic one in society and, and amongst most people because we sit down so much um, we get tight hips which then gives us that anterior pelvic tilt which then usually leads to weak and lazy hamstrings <coughs> hamstrings and glutes sorry guys um, and then that's what's a, a big factor in lower back pain so the better mobility you have uh, the, the more likely you're going to be able to, to get stronger in the gym see better muscle gain results 
Number eight, treat your warm-up sets like the real deal. I can't tell you how many people I see come into the gym, not even warm-up at all, just pick up a weight and count that as their first set. And uh, and you watch their session, and their sessions most of the time are, uh, are nothing too impressive. I always like to do one or two warm-up sets before most exercises, especially at the start. And in those warm-up sets, I'm lifting as if I'm, you know, I might be doing, let's say, 40 kilos on the bench press to warm up, and I'm trying to treat it as if it's 100 kilos. I'm gripping the bar exactly the same if I was going for a PB. I'm setting up with my shoulder blades is exactly the same as if I was going for a PB. I'm focusing on my breathing, the, the tempo of the lift, and it all does count because then once you get to your working sets, you're already switched on. Your muscles are already ready to go, and you're going to see far greater results in terms of strength uh, with with um, with that proper warm-up. So don't skimp out on your warm-up. Treat it seriously. Treat it like the real deal, and you'll see better results in the gym. Number nine, supplement with caffeine before you train. Now, I know not everybody is a big fan of having caffeine before they train. This is just from my personal experience. I've found having some caffeine before you train is just helps with performance, helps me train better anyway. It gets me a little bit more alert. Um, I've found it helps with my strength levels. It may be a placebo, but regardless of whether it is or whether it isn't, I find it helps. And if, if I'm going to be able to go into the gym feeling good, feeling ready to go, regardless of whether it's making a difference or not, I think... In the long run, it will be because mentally, even if it's just a mental thing, that means that I'm going to have a good session. I'm more likely to lift more weight and get more out of this session, so I'm going to continue to do it. Number 10, just before we get to halfway, get really good at all of your compound movements. Now, you know compound movements such as bench press, um, bent over row, lat pull down, lunges, deadlifts, uh, pull ups, all that type of stuff, overhead presses. Get really good at these guys. These are the fa- these should be the foundation of your training. You should be focusing on these, getting stronger over time, progressively overloading, getting better at them. That you know, guys, lifting is a skill. So you want to make sure that you're improving at these lifts over time, um, and you're getting comfortable with performing them. Because the better you are at these compound movements, the stronger you're also going to get at. You know, it's got crossover. You're going to get stronger with your accessory movements. Um, you got, you know, for example, if you're getting a stronger deadlift, then you're going to get stronger at lunges, most likely squats as well. Uh, so just focus on those compounds, make them the meat of your training, uh, and I guarantee the rest of your training will improve as well. Number 11, stop wasting your money on mass gainers and just eat real food. I was a sucker for this, guys, when I was younger, when I was trying to put on size. Um, I have a very ectomorph type body, uh, and I struggled to put on weight, especially when I was younger. I did when I was doing a lot more cardio. And the first thing I always looked at when I went into a supplement store was a mass gainer. Um, a shake that's going to be really high in calories. They're usually very expensive. Um, and to be honest, when you look at the, the nutritional breakdown on the back, there's nothing special about them. And a lot of them are just full of fillers that make them taste good and increase the calories without giving you much benefit in terms of nutrients and and all the good stuff so in my opinion you're much better off just making a big shake yourself at home with some milk a regular way of protein some berries maybe honey peanut butter oats whatever you want to put in it it's easy to make a high calorie shake or smoothie and have better nutrients in it um, compared to a mass gainer and you're really just spending a lot of money for for not a great uh, not great quality product Um, and that's what I learned over the years and I want to share that with you as well so 
don't don't spend too much time thinking about what supplements you should be taking to to build mass. As I said, creatine monohydrate I've found works really well um, for for helping you with your strength levels, and then that's going to help you build muscle. But in terms of a mass gainer, just leave it on the shelf, go home and and make something yourself, and focus on real food. Number twelve: set weekly lifting goals. I think this is really important, just as setting goals for all other aspects of your life are really important um, daily. I think at the start of the week, if you can sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and go through what you hope to achieve out of the gym in that week, you're going to see far greater results and you got your focus is going to be a lot better as well. Your consistency is going to be better and you've got something to aim for. It keeps your training exciting and that's what we want. We want you to be enjoying your training, seeing the best results that you possibly can and staying motivated each and every single week. Number 13, train with a lifting buddy. Uh, if this is possible, I would highly recommend it. Uh, whenever I can train with someone else now, I do genuinely enjoy training with a training partner. You're going to have someone there to spot you. You're going to have someone there to motivate you and, and make things a little more competitive at training, which in turn is going to help you get more out of it. Um, I, even if it's just accountability, you know, you may finish work, you've had a big day and you really can't be bothered training, but you know that your training partner is going to be there waiting for you and you don't want to let them down. I think even that in itself is a good enough reason to have a training buddy. So if it is an option for you, I would hands down uh, uh, pair up with someone that's very similar in strength to you. If you know if they can be stronger than you, that's even better because it's going to give you something to work towards um, and, and motivate you to improve your training as well. Number 14, control the eccentric phase of your lift. Now the eccentric phase, for those that don't know, is the way down on the lift. Um, or the the uh, when you're not actually pushing or pulling. So, for example, on a bench press, it's as you bring the bar back down towards your chest. On a lat pull down, it's when the bar comes back up uh, towards the rack. On a squat, it's as you come down to the bottom of a squat. Uh, so you probably get the picture. But controlling that eccentric phase does make a big difference in terms of the activation of your muscles, the time under tension, and also the neural control, which is very important as well. So control those eccentrics, uh, and you'll also see that your strength levels will start to increase over time um, because you will adapt to that and, uh, and you will see great improvements. Number 15, train each muscle group at least two times per week. I've used this example before on the podcast, but if I was to ask you whether you'd think you would make more progress in terms of muscle mass and strength training your legs 52 times per year or 104 times per year, I think the answer is very straightforward. Uh, the more frequently you can be training your muscles and, and giving them enough time to recover but then stimulating them again, the better the results you're going to see. Uh, I think frequency is highly underrated and if you're still following a program that's just having you training everything once a week, you're not getting the most out of your training and you're potentially missing out on a lot of muscle gain. So stimulate the muscle multiple times per week if possible. Um, if you'd like some help with how you should structure your week in terms of the training and stuff, I'd love to, to give you a hand with that. Just shoot me an email, danny at dannykennedyfitness.com. I'd be more than happy to help you out with that. Number 16, stop cutting and bulking and spend time growing. This is a big one, and, and again, this is something that I had a very bad habit of doing when I was younger. I would go through a two to three month period where I would just eat anything and everything, and then after that, I would try and shred. And all that's doing, and, and most likely a lot of the time when I was trying to quote unquote shred, I was dropping my calories way too low, which by now you should know that that's not the way to go. But 
ideally, if let's say, for example, you do a, uh, a cut or a uh, eat in a calorie deficit for, let's say, three months, the ratio between cutting and bulking, in my opinion, should be at least one to four. So if you've done a cut for three months, then for the next 12 months, you want to spend a good time eating in a controlled calorie surplus to build muscle mass. And guys, guys and girls, if you are trying to build muscle, then going from cutting to bulking, cutting to bulking all the time, not only is it going to you know drastically reduce the chances of you building muscle mass but it's also just going to keep continually stuffing up your metabolism and not giving your body a chance to actually grow uh, and be in that gaining phase spend a good amount of time in a gaining phase give your body the time that it needs to grow and you'll see far greater results number 17 get regular massage or myotherapy if possible again this is just from a recovery uh point and um, it comes back to similar to the, the self-myofascial release with the foam rolling and stuff. The benefits are very high. Your body's going to feel better, going to train better. The, the risk of injury is going to be a lot lower. Um, and if that means you, you're spending more time in the gym, then that's a win. Number 18, stick to one training program for longer than four weeks. There's absolutely no need to be chopping and changing from programs all the time to quote-unquote confuse the muscle or shock the muscle. That's not how our bodies work. They don't. Your body doesn't know whether or not you're doing an incline dumbbell press or an incline barbell press. All it knows is that it's it's got a load. It's trying to lift the load. If it can't lift the load properly or for the amount of times that you want it to lift, then over time, if you continually give it that load, it's going to get to the point where it grows. It compensates for that and it allows you to lift it. So then you need to increase again. You're stimulating the muscle. You're not telling your chest that you're doing a cable fly. You're telling your chest that it needs to work to move a load and it's going to change because of that. So you need to focus on progressive overload and to do that, you need to stick to a program for longer than four weeks. In my recommendation, anywhere between eight and 12 weeks is ideal depending on what you're training for. Obviously, if it's a progressive type program, then there's going to be changes. But if anything, if you really need to change exercises, change the accessory movements. But in terms of your compounds, keep them the same for at least guys at least six weeks but optimally between kind of eight and 12 and that way you're going to see far greater results in terms of progression number 19 stop comparing yourself to other people this is huge especially with social media uh i've i've been uh i've been guilty of it as well like i'll look at social media see someone that i might look up to or an athlete that i would like to strive to be like or something like that and and see where they're at with their progression and automatically think, I wish I was kind of that size or why don't I look like that? And you never know how long someone's been training for, what their genetics are like, what they're doing. Um, and to be honest, it doesn't matter. You need to focus on you. It's always you versus you. And if you're worried about other people, then you're constantly going to be unhappy. And if you're unhappy with how you look, unhappy with how you're training compared to someone else, then you're never going to enjoy it. You won't stick to it long enough to see results. And and that's a negative in my eyes. So stop comparing yourself to other people, guys. And lastly, number 20, think perfect rep every rep. Really focus on execution. Don't just go into the gym and think because you're bulking, all you need to do is just eat shit and eat a lot of calories and that's all it means if you're putting on weight then you're making progress no you need to focus on execution of each exercise make sure you're getting the most out of every single rep you're doing um, and giving your body the best chance to grow i've said it a number of times in today's episode but it does make a huge difference and and it's something that i even though i feel like i live with perfect form there's still days where i go 
you know, did I really put in enough today or did I focus on every single rep or did I rush? And if the answer is yes to rushing, then you need to step back and, and maybe even reduce the weight, focus on execution every single rep and uh, and the difference is huge you'll feel it as well so it's not just uh, you'll definitely feel the difference if you're executing an exercise perfectly compared to just rushing through it and going from point A to point B so that is the 20 tips that I have for building lean muscle mass I hope they've helped you if they have I'd love for you to let me know or, or give the podcast uh, a, uh, a rating and leave a review if you've liked this episode please do share it with a friend Um, Take a screenshot of the episode and put it on your social media, whether it's Instagram, Snapchat, maybe post a link on your Facebook. All of that would be unreal. I really do appreciate you for tuning in today. Make sure you stick around now for this week's social media question of the week. See if you can get something out of it. And I look forward to chatting to you again in next week's episode. All right, moving on to this week's social media question of the week. I got this through Instagram the other day, and the question was, when cooking my meat and tracking my calories, do I need to count the oil? So if I'm cooking with oil, you might be cooking some chicken, some beef, fish, whatever it is, and you use a bit of oil on the pan to cook it up, or you might season it and add some oil to it as well. Do you need to track the calories from the oil? The answer is yes, because every single thing that you put in your mouth of the day will have calories in it. Okay, and you need to track all of it. Things like butter on your toast, your sugar in your coffee or tea, and yes, things like oil, condiments, and all that stuff. If it's got calories in it, then it needs to be tracked because it all goes towards your intake for the day. So if you are following flexible dieting, then you need to be tracking every single thing you use, and that includes oil. Even if it's just a rough estimate, um, you'll have a good idea of of how much you're using in the meals, but make sure it's accounted for. That'll go towards your fat content for the day. The more consistent you are with this, the better results you're gonna see. So great question this week, and that's one that I do get often. Um, So a lot of people tend to struggle with that initially on knowing what they need to be tracking when they're doing flexible dieting. So yeah, great question. Thanks so much again for tuning in to the episode. Um, This has been the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'll chat to you again next week.